When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Episode 35, Building Your Business Credit. Hey Chainers, and welcome to another edition of Chain of Wealth. I'm your host, Dennis O'Brien. And I'm Katie Welsh. Alright, so business credits. What is that then? Well, business credit is similar to consumer credit, but it's for a business. So... If a business wants a credit line, if they're trying to raise finance or capital for something, they need a credit score and a credit profile to get those credit lines. So business credit is kind of like when my company takes us out to lunch or out to coffee or something and they hand over the credit card. Right. So that's one form of business credit, but it could also be a facility they have with a supplier. So as an example, they want to buy a laptop from company XYZ. If they have a business credit facility, they can buy that laptop and pay them back in 30 to 60 days. Or, oh, okay. Or even longer than that. It just it just depends on what the relationship is, really. But starting business credit is a challenging thing. Like, how do you prove that your business is worthy? That sounds quite reasonable because it's hard to start credit as a regular person. Yeah, starting as a consumer is not the easiest thing in the world, as I've just gone through being quite new to the United States. And everyone has to go through it one point or another. It's about proving that you don't need money. But you have to have money to do that. Right, right. And I bet, well, I'm sure that businesses need a lot more money than the regular person. So are you ready to jump in? Yeah, let's dive right into our interview with Ty Crandall. Welcome to Chain of Wealth. Here's your host, Dennis, inspiring you to begin your journey of financial freedom. Hey Chainers and welcome to another edition of Chainer Wealth. Today I have Ty Crandall with us. Ty is an internationally known speaker, author and business credits and financing expert. He is the CEO of Credit Suite where he oversees the biggest business credit coaching operation in the United States. With 16 years of financial experience, Ty is widely recognized as an authority in business credit building, business credit scoring and business financing. He is the author of two popular books, Perfect Credit and Business Credit Decoded. Welcome, Ty. Thanks. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. We're excited to have you on the show. So let's dive right into our interview. What exactly is business credit? Well, business credit is really kind of similar to consumer credit, but it's credit for a business instead. So here in the United States, for example, and this applies in a lot of countries, but here in the United States, we use our social security number. Um, to actually identify the IRS uses your social security number to identify you um, as a taxpayer. And you could build a credit profile under that social security number. And with business credit, your the EIN number is issued to a business, so the IRS can identify the business. And a business credit profile can be built under the EIN. So much like consumer credit, the business can build its own credit profile and score and use it to qualify for 
high limit revolving credit cards and, you know, help them to qualify for loans, credit lines, um, as well as also look credible to suppliers and anybody else that wants to access uh, the business credit report for credibility reasons. Fantastic. So let's talk about business credit a little bit and dive into the specifics. I know you said it's a lot like consumer credit, and I'm very familiar with that at the moment. Having recently moved to the United States, I had to go through that entire process, and I'm sort of two years out of that process now. And well, I suppose it's an ongoing process, really. But um, yeah, how can like a business get started? And, and like, can any business apply for credit? Sure. Any business can apply for credit. You don't even have to be in the United States. As long as you own a business or an entity here in the United States, even if you're not a citizen, you can still build business credit here. The key is that you need an entity, which is the business itself and or the legal structure of the business, I should say. And then you need an EIN number that's issued by the IRS, which again can be issued to you if you have a social or if you don't have a social, you can get a TIN number for example, and then use that to get your EIN. So as long as you have an entity, and as long as you have the EIN, both of which uh, you can get from one secretary of state in your state that you live in, and the EIN you get from the IRS at no cost, then you can establish business credit. Um, As of the steps to do so, kind of a general overview, is you want to set up your business credibly, and we can dive into these if you like to dive into the specifics, but you want to set up your business credibly, you want to get set up with the reporting agencies, And then you want to get some initial credit with vendors that will approve you for credit and that report it to the business reporting agencies. And then from there, you just continue to build credit like you're used to in the consumer world to a point where you can even get Visa cards, MasterCards, even auto vehicle finance. Fantastic. Definitely makes sense. So let's talk about those first few steps. I know when I first got my first introduction to credits in the United States, I had to apply for a secured credit card. Now, what sort of process would a business follow to get started? Well, it's a great point. I mean, in the United States, when you start a consumer credit profile, you oftentimes start with a secured credit card or a very low limit credit card of $100 to $500. In the business world, you're starting a business credit profile score with what are called vendor accounts. And vendors are credit issuers who will, you know, oftentimes are retail stores. So let's use a, a couple, for example, Quill is one. And Quill has over a million products they sell on their website, including a lot of office supplies, marketing materials, et cetera. Uline is another one, and they sell shipping supplies. So what's unique about these kind of vendors is they sell real products that most business owners want and need and use. And they will let you, they will give you credit lines, usually of, you know, $500 to $1,500 by going there, putting items in your cart, going to checkout. And in doing so, they report those credit lines to the business credit reporting agencies. So in the business world, you want to start building business credit with these vendors, these vendors that will give you credit, even if you have no business credit reporting now. And then also will report the credit that they're giving you to your actual business credit reporting agencies. And the reporting of those items to the business credit reporting agencies, which include Dun & Bradstreet, Equifax, and Experian, is what will then create or populate a commercial credit profile for your business. And then once that profile is established, you're issued scores from the reporting agencies. And then with those profile, with those established profiles and scores, then you can move on to start getting credit with most retailers, you know, most stores out there like Sprint and Sears and Best Buy and, you know, Staples, Office Depot, most of these type of retailers will start to give you credit um, after you start to accumulate more credit that reports on your commercial credit reports. 
That's definitely interesting. So the days of an owner having to take out a personal guarantee or personally signed surety are kind of over and you're able to sort of get around that with other means. That's right. If you really look at the definition of a personal guarantee, a personal guarantee is required when your business can't stand on its own. So if we look at a company like Dell, for example, we all know that Michael Dell isn't providing a social security number when the company Dell wants to get a credit card. But a lot of people think it's just because Dell was big, and that's not the case. If you were to pull Dell's credit report, you would see over 100 trade lines on their business credit report. That's what gets them large amounts of credit without the guarantee is the fact that they have a very well-established commercial credit profile and score. What a lot of people don't know is that even a startup could do this following the exact same steps that Apple, Dell, Facebook, every one of the largest publicly and privately owned companies that exist have followed to go from having no credit profile and score to getting these kind of vendor accounts. Then that populates a report and score. Then you continue to get more trade lines. The more trade lines you get, the more accounts you get that report on your business credit reports, the higher the limits get, the more of the credit you're using and the higher the limits and the more accounts you have, the more types of credit become available without you needing to personally guarantee the debt because your business is gaining and growing the ability to stand on its own without needing you to come in and sign as the guarantor or the signer for the debt you're starting to obtain. Perfect. So if you were to start a business today, brand new, got absolutely no credit profile or score, what's the first thing you would do to get up and running? Well, the very first thing you should do is understand that lenders and credit issuers have a kind of secret formula, an unpublished set of standards that you must meet to get approved. Now, we all know this exists because we've all applied for credit cards before, and we've seen two, one of two outcomes. Either we are told that we're approved and oftentimes told what the credit line is, or we get that dreaded message that we'll hear by mail in seven to 10 days, and that that's almost always a denial and the reason for the denial. So what happens is in these scenarios, you're either meeting their computer's requirements or you're not. And if you don't meet the requirements, their automated systems are able to basically underwrite the entire application and give you an immediate decision. So the first thing to do is know this exists, know what that process is, and know what they're looking for. If you can meet the criteria that lenders and credit issuers have, then especially with credit issuers, this is what gets you automated approvals. And it also helps make you lendable as well. So to kind of give you an overview of some of these things and what they are, let's start with your business name. You know, in names that reflect that you're in a high, high risk industry, such as financial services or ammunition or pawn shops, and there's a lot more, those alone can throw up red flags that can get you denied. So from the very beginning, you want to try to pick a name that doesn't reflect that you're in a high risk industry. You want to get a real business address, or if you can't afford one, well, get a virtual address. A virtual address is basically gives you the ability to rent a real address just to get your mail there without paying a, a regular lease or rent payment. Um, much cheaper than renting a location, but you still get the perception of being in a large commercial credible uh, building or business. Or, or I should say building. So, you know, virtual addresses are a good backup. A home address is at last resort, but obviously a home address doesn't look as credible as a business address would. So you want to choose those other options. You never want to choose a PO box or UPS address. Those can immediately get you denied. You want to get a business phone number with a place like Ring Central. 
You don't want to ever use a home phone or a mobile phone. Those type of things will get denied. And when we think about some of these things, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, if somebody's trying to come in and apply for credit with a, a, a name that reflects their high risk, they're using a, a PO box, they have a mobile phone as their business phone, then it just does not make them look legitimate. It doesn't make them look reputable or credible. And so automatically, in large part, the result is a denial. So the address, the phone number, setting up a website and making sure you have a professional email address, not a Yahoo or a Google type address. You want to get any licensing that you need. You want to set up your business bank account because a lot of credit issuers will ask you for a bank reference. You need to make sure your phone number is listed with 411. Um, also, it makes sense to get a fax number because that's sometimes a line on a credit application. And by not having a fax number, it makes you look smaller than companies that actually have fax numbers. So the easiest way to look at this is that every line item on an application really determines whether you're credible or not. And so when you fill out an application for credit, then think about this. When you set up your business and you put together the website, does it look professional? Are you using a professional email address? Is there a real business phone number on there? Go through and think through what makes a business look credible because every one of those line items on an application will be used to judge whether you're reputable or not. And if you are reputable, that's what will start to get you these automated approvals in the beginning stages. And if you're not reputable, that's exactly what will get you denied in the beginning stages as well. Fantastic. So let's take that million dollar idea for a business that you've just come up with. If you want to start financing that business through a loan, what sort of process would you follow? Well, the very first thing you want to do is understand that, that with the way that loans work, and you know, I kind of look at the two separately. You've got revolving credit, which in my mind are credit cards. Right. And then you've got loans and credit lines, which are usually issued by some kind of, of alternative lender or actual bank. So loans, when it comes to loans, that loans really have three different factors that are looked at to qualify you. One is, and I call it the three C's, it's cash flow, credit, or collateral. Now, SBA loans, for example, the coveted SBA, the one that everybody wants to get, those look at all three. You have to have really good credit, you have to have really good cash flow verified based on your tax returns, and you need to have good collateral to offset the lender's debt. If you have all three, then you can get the bigger, greater amount of loans like SBA. But you can also get financing loans based on just one of the three strengths. So for example, if all you have is cash flow, well, there's a lot of great loans and credit lines out there that you can get approved for just because you have cash flow. A lot of them don't even care about consumer credit quality, and most of them don't care at all if you have collateral. If your strength is that you have collateral, like account receivables or purchase orders or equipment or inventory or real estate, commercial real estate or book of business if you're an insurance agent or commercial vehicles. These type of things can help you qualify for financing just using the asset you possess as collateral for the debt, help you get low interest rate financing there. Or maybe the strength is that you have good credit or you have a guarantor, somebody that's willing to sign on your behalf that has good personal credit. Well, with good personal credit, that opens up a lot of loan options as well. So as long as you have cash flow credit or collateral, those, one of those three things is typically needed to get some kind of physical business loan. Although with business credit alone and nothing else, no cash flow, no credit, no collateral, 
Well, in that scenario, business credit is the only option to be able to get money. And the good news is you're still able to get twenty dollars to $50,000 or even higher limits on revolving credit cards, even including Visa and MasterCards that you can use to fund your business. So if you're looking to get a loan, you have to ask yourself, which of the three C's do you have? Do you have good credit? Do you have consistent cash flow of you know, 10 grand a month or more? Or do you have some type of collateral? If the answer is yes to one or all of those questions, that will determine what types and how much financing you can get. If the answer is no to those, well, then you can still get business credit. And even if your answer is yes to any of those, you still want to build your business credit because your business credit is still going to be used to determine how much money you should get, the rates and terms that you'll get um, on that financing as well, as well as help also determine whether or not you'll be approved or denied with a lot of types of financing. Fantastic. So say I've got this great idea for a business. I've been going to different banks and I keep getting declined. How could I get a loan if I'm not working or if it's not working at a bank? Well, the, the reality is, is that banks only account for less than 2% of all funding that happens in the business space. You know, nowadays, about 98% of financing is coming from alternative investors. So, you know, banks tend to be the bad guy when it comes to lending, but it's not really their fault. They're government insured, so they have to be very conservative with their risk. And, you know, inherently, business risking, business lending is very risky because the majority of businesses do fail. So, you know, banks are very hard to get money with. And that's the first thing to know is that's probably not your best source unless you have really good credit and, and collateral. And an idea won't get you money at your bank because they're going to ask you for two to three years worth of tax returns. So if you're not an already established business with a proven concept showing that you're generating profits, a bank just will not help you. So then it's a matter of looking at one of these alternative lending options based on one of those strengths that you have. And again, if it's just a concept and you don't have any revenue, well, then you can still do it. If you have good credit, the fact that you paid your past bills by themselves can get you 100, 150,000 in credit just based on your consumer credit quality. Or maybe you have an asset to offset that, that lending risk. That can help you there as well. But again, if you have none of those, well, then you really want to consider using business credit to get the initial funds you need to get the idea, the concept off the ground. And then you're able to actually start producing revenues. And once any type of lending institution, especially alternative lenders, start to see that you went from a concept to an actual real business, then that opens up more and more different funding opportunities for them. Chainers, we're just going to take a quick break and then we're going to dive right back into the value link round. Chainers, have you ever wanted to make money while you slept? Well, if you have a spare bedroom, you can definitely start making money today. Head over to chainofwealth.com slash Airbnb. Katie's written a fantastic guide on how to get started on Airbnb. And she really breaks down how much money she's made, how she went about doing it, and loads of other goodies. Head over to chainofwealth.com slash Airbnb. And don't forget to sign up for that bonus checklist. There's loads of awesome other stuff that's involved there. So check it out to figure out how Airbnb works. So Ty, are there any books or podcasts that you recommend? So we have a, a lot of, there's a lot of great resources out there when it comes to book, books and podcasts. We have a, a great podcast called the Business Credit Financing Show. And every other week, we're usually going over how to get loans, how to get credit lines, how to build corporate credit, the steps through it. Uh, and then on top of that, 
We also have a bunch of cool guests on there talking about a bunch of things that will help you get your startup or business growing or off the ground, um, as well as ways to access money. Uh, and then I've got a couple books out there too, Perfect Credit and Business Credit Decoded that really map it out for you as well. But if somebody's really looking for information about business credit financing, my best advice is go right to our website at creditsuite.com. On the top right of our page are all of our social media links. We have well over 300 videos on YouTube, everything to do with almost any type of scenario that can help you get loans and credit lines and business credit. We do live streams every single week with Facebook and Periscope. And with those, we actually bring you, you know, you can come on as a viewer and engage with questions. And not only do we teach lessons using whiteboards and chalkboards, but then you're also able to ask questions or talk about the issues that you're running into where we talk about solutions in real time. So those are some of the better resources for you out there, even better than books. But there's a ton of podcasts out there as well, um, like yours, that are dedicated to helping business owners become wealthy, becoming successful, um, way too money, many to even mention. Great stuff. I know you mentioned that you've written two books, but are there any more in your future? I don't know. You know, it's interesting because the first couple books I wrote, I kind of wrote for credibility reasons. You know, people always said, look, if you want credibility, write a book. So I did it. Yep. <laughs> and the funny thing is, like, I never really expected people to buy my books. It sounds so weird, but I literally <laughs> had like no expectation of that. I self-published them on Amazon and and, you know, they were kind of an accumulation of all the content, information and knowledge I gained through the years. Um, and now I look back and I see how many of my books sell. I, 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 I often do think about, you know, rolling something out in the future. And I probably will. Something that's a, even more near, you know, near and dear to my heart, probably something related to, you know, what I learned along the way through this path, the struggles and what I've learned through the struggles and the people I've met. So, yeah, I'd like to eventually down the road. But I don't think it's going to be any anywhere in the short term future for me. We just have too many things going on right now in the primary business. It's actually amazing how much credibility a book can give you. Um, one of my other podcast guests, he's written the published two books, and he said it is it's been the best thing for building his own credibility. So interesting to hear that. <laughs> well, I think it's absolutely essential. I think anybody that's trying to get off the ground, you know, and, and something somebody asked me the other day said, well, you know, which do you work on building the credibility of yourself for the business? And and I say both. Uh, realistically, I mean, in the beginning part of a lot of businesses, you are the business, you know, as the owner, the president, the CEO, you're the one out there. And we're really big on, you know, putting out and promoting as much free content information out there as possible. But if you're going to promote free information and content about, the, 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 you know, what you know, then, you know, a book helps give you that credibility, help establishes you as an expert in your field. So I've never had heard anybody ever complain about the benefits of a book. You know, a book has never hurt them by getting it out of the space. But like you, I've had so many people talk about the credibility that they gain by writing a book and having it out there. I just think it's a great idea for any entrepreneur to consider doing. Fantastic. So Ty, why do you think that people fail? You mean in business in general or when it comes to building business credit or both? You, you can take a step at both. <laughs> well, I think in building business credit, a lot of people fail because they don't follow the right order. You know, when they hear something like what I'm saying now, they say, man, this sounds like really good. I, I don't want to be liable for what happens in my business. And they walk into their bank and try to get a Visa card. But, you know, if you walked into your bank to get a credit card and you had no consumer credit established, they wouldn't give you a consumer credit card and they won't in the business either. Normal staples. 
You can't walk into Staples to get a Staples credit card if you have no consumer credit established, if you want a consumer credit card. But if you walked into Staples with three or four accounts on your consumer credit reports, they would give you a credit card. It's the same thing in the business world. One of the biggest mistakes that we see people make is they just do not follow the right order. They're not getting the Uline, the Quill, the Granger, the vendor accounts first, establishing the profile and the score before they're moving on to Staples and Office Depot, which is a must. The other big mistake we see people make is everybody thinks just because there's a social security number field on the application that you include it. You don't have to. If you leave a social security number field blank on an application for credit, you're just forcing them to pull your business credit. And if your business credit's well established, you're typically going to get approved based on that business credit quality without providing your social, without providing a guarantee or a personal credit check. So those are two of the biggest mistakes that I see personally people make. Um, when it comes to a business in general, you know, there's so many mistakes that you're going to make and you should welcome. Because in my experience, the mistakes are where you learn the most. The mistakes are where you get the hard lessons and where you say, well, that didn't work. And then you have to walk away from every one of those scenarios and say, what did I learn? It's okay to make mistakes as long as you can walk away and say, what could I have done better? What did I learn? What will I change in the future? And the more of those experiences as an entrepreneur that you have, the more equipped you are to handle many problems that start coming at you. <clears throat> so I think you should welcome mistakes. And I think you should welcome failure. You know, I, I like it when I have these failures because I walk away and say, wow, what did I learn? And my biggest lessons that I've learned that have helped me grow and scale faster come from those failures. So I think that's one of the big things is go into a business and understand that nothing will work out like you think it will. The stuff that you think will be easy will be hard. The stuff that you think will be hard will be easy in a lot of cases. You have to expect the unexpected. You should be financially prepared. Build your business credit. Start getting yourself lined up to get financing before you need it. And as long as you have access to money as you're building a business, then these little hiccups, these little issues, these little failures really don't mean as much than if you don't have any money and any one of them alone can really put you out of business. That's really some great advice. Do you have a favorite quote that you like to live by? And I really don't have a favorite quote. And I know somebody, I need to get a favorite quote. Because like, <laughs> <laughs> my, my Facebook page asks me for one and everybody else asks me as well. Um, you know, Warren Buffett has a great one that I've really uh, liked that I, I recently have saw in the last couple of years. And it's that, you know, it's good to learn from this, your mistakes. It's even better to learn from other people's mistakes. And I think that that's great. You know, I'm an avid reader. I like to listen to podcasts. I just love to absorb as much information as possible because in doing so, you're learning from other people's mistakes. You're learning things that didn't work that they tried and things they did work and how they did it. And I think the more of that knowledge you can accumulate, the easier it is for you to avoid these huge pitfalls that can put you out of business by learning from other people's mistakes so you don't have to learn from your own. Ty, you've really added some real value to our listeners. Do you have any other last parting piece of advice? And then we'll say goodbye. I think, you know, touching on what I just kind of said before, the biggest piece of advice I have is never wait until you need money to go get it. 
You know, lenders and credit issuers like to give you access to capital when you're not desperate, when you they can look at your scenario and see you don't really aren't in a desperate situation where you need it. And when they see you are desperate, that's when they tend to not lend and give you access to capital. So when you start a business, start building your business credit. It's a great way to fund your business where you don't have to worry about these pitfalls because you have access to capital and start setting yourself up to get loans before you need them. That way you have the money available when you do. And anything that you need along the way, feel free to you know, re- get in touch with us. Reach out, creditsuite.com. We've also got a free guide at creditsuite.com forward slash EIN. And at creditsuite.com forward slash EIN, there's a, four, a full four-step guide that maps out exactly how to build business credit. Chenas, we've been hanging out with Ty Crandall. He's from Credit Suite. You can check out their website at creditsuite.com. And they also have a fantastic YouTube channel. So check it out. Get your business credits in order. Chainers, if you've enjoyed this podcast episode, you can continue the conversation at chainofwealth.com slash podcast. And finally, if you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe, rate and review us. Catch you on the flip side. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.